What is up, Fight fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. This time, we have the myth, the man, the legend himself, Aso Akiro. What is up? What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for having me on the show. Big, big fan. Have been here many times in the living room, behind the computer, behind the screen. So thanks for having me again. Absolutely, man. Super, super glad to have you. Um, And in this episode... We are going to be going over quite a few things, guys. We are going to be going over the events of UFC 286. And the biggest thing is we are going to be going over what is next for these folks. But before we get into that, you know we got to go through everybody's favorite part of the show, the Kind of Okay Parlay. MMA Anomaly presents... Another week. So close. So, so close. Uh, so, Jalen, I mean, now that you're actually here, let's let's go ahead and show the folks here um, what the parlay looked like this time around. So, again, my pick, Marvin Vittori, Moneyline. We had Jay, or we had uh, <laughs> Emiliano, Jive Turkey Dano's pick, Brian Barbarena bringing us in with the big plus odds, Moneyline. Man, he looked good for as long as it lasted. And then we had last but certainly not least. We had your pick. We had Jack Shore coming in hot. What did you think of your guys' performance? Big time. I mean, the performance was already kind of what was expected. I mean, that was the security blanket, right? I wanted to be a little bit twisty. I wanted to see if Maya wanted to do something to the kind of okay parlay, but that would just add spice to the kind of okay parlay. So, I mean, it's expected. There's nothing left for me to say other than the dub's a dub. We got it in. Uh, we're just going to take this kind of okay parlay and move forward and see what Shorzy, I should say, has up next for us. I, I was super excited about that performance, man. I, uh, I'm i a big Maquan Americani fan. I think he has, hands down, arguably the best picture on all of Tapology. him surrounded by the beautiful women. Um, you know, you, you, can't, you can't hate on that guy. Can't um, hate on the flair. No, not at all. Can't hate on the flair. Um that being said, I think it may be time to, for him to either switch camps or hang him up. He's, I think, like four and five in his last nine fights. Uh, that's not a great look. And he his stamina has been a constant point of, of conversation and, and question. And it's always a topic of concern for him going into these fights. And we've seen it happen time and time again. Um, that being said... Your boy Jack Shore put on a war. He made it, he made it nasty. He made it gritty and... He, put that work on him. I loved it. Dude. Um, and of course, you know, my, my guy went out there, he got it done. Marvin Vittori, my gosh, Dude. like he definitely had the powers of an orc on that night, man. He was, mm-hmm. he was eating shots that no man should be able to eat. Let's be completely <laughs> honest here. Um, like they, they definitely train him different down in Mordor. I think we all know that. Um, and just a, another beautiful night at the office for Marvin, the orc Vittori. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's set the mood. Let's throw some background music on here. There we go. Um, so 
Again, the kind of okay parlay did not hit. We're already cooking up some magic in the kitchen right now. We are going to have a really, really good one for you guys coming into this next fight card. We have a really, really solid fight card coming up. But that is another conversation for another episode. Um, Again, the kind of okay parlay did not hit. The other dog, or I was going to say elephant in the room, but it's really a dog in the room that has to be addressed here. The dog's parlay. I mean, I literally bet on every way that the fights didn't go. Leon Edwards to win by KO, TKO, DQ, or submission. Leon Edwards actually won the fight. The only way I didn't put a bet on him to win the fight in in which the way of uh, he won. So that sucked. And again, Maquan Americani, I, I knew that that was just burning money, but it happens. You know, it would have been fun if it didn't. Um, so there we go. That didn't hit, but we live to see another day. We live to bet another day, and we are going to hammer down on some real good ones this coming week, like I said. Um, so... The, the whole point of this episode is to go over the biggest winners, in our opinion, and what we think should be next for these uh, these guys and gals. So without further ado, we are going to jump into a little segment that I like to call Looking Ahead. So I... Uh, man... Again, there was a lot of big winners on this one. Usually, I only do like a, a handful of these, but I feel like we could really talk about almost the entire card. There were a lot of really, really big winners here. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I'm going to go ahead and let you lead out the lead out the warpath here. Who do you want to start off with? I was going to say, um, we could segue great into Vittori, but I mean, just the fights before, we already had like Veronica Hardy with her win, unanimous decision. Um, the draw in the second fight of the main card, it definitely threw me off a little bit, seeing Joanne Wood. But, I mean, let's go with, let's go with Vittori, just because you already lined up Mordor's finest over here. Vittori <sighs> came out hot. If you look at the stats, I'm a big number guy. So if you look at Vittori here, he had 106 strikes going into the third round um, over Roman's uh, 71. Um, he just came out aggressive. He had a game plan. It, it was solid. So who do you think is going to be his next opponent? You know, I think the realistic person that it should be is the winner of Adesanya and Alex Pereira. Mm-hmm. I think he has done everything he needs to do to earn a title shot. And I'm convinced that he beats anyone in that weight class not named Israel Adesanya and or uh, Bobby Knuckles. Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else. He's one of the great gatekeepers. He's the Caitlin Chukagian of middleweight. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a great comparison I'm not gonna lie. He, he's, he's yet to ride the high tide but he's always been in the lows he's familiar with both he's flirted he's been on the fence for so long so i think that momentum could really carry him into the next bout so i don't see that his next opponent would not be izzy or Pereira. but i mean I'd like to throw in my opinion here. What about Kamzat, dude? Like, Kamzat's right there. Don't count him out. Just because Bobby Knuckles has been slotted for this title shot, I mean, yeah, he's took some time off. 2022 has been kind of rocky for the man, but he has some dubs under his belt. He has gone the distance. He's shown that he could still last. That wear and tear is nowhere near um, to his longevity within the rest of his career. But what do you think about Kamzat being a potential opponent for him? You know, I'm not mad at that. Again, like that would be the most Caitlin Chukagian thing they could do to him. Uh, <laughs> let's be completely honest here. If they give him, if they give him Kamzat, um, like, and again, is is that fair to say that you? Is it fair to say with that statement that you'd rather see Kamzat fight at 185? 
than 170. I mean, he yes. missed weight by nine pounds last time he fought at 170. So, which was my next point? Yeah, it was just so hard for him to already meet the mark. Like, just just go yeah. natural where the tide is already taking you. Just because the Bobby Knuckles narrative has been running for so long now, he goes in for the title, and then Kamzat then becomes a primary for Vittori. Um, whether Vittori and Kamzat gets the winner or loser of Izzy and Pereira, so you basically have those going in parallel. It's just winner, winner, loser, loser at that bracket at that point. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. I mean, God, that's a that's a tough test for Kamzat. I mean, mm -hmm. literally, like, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, is Marvin Vittori like a bigger, stronger Gilbert Burns? Kind of. He's he's a, he's like Gilbert Burns that's more inclined to do things on the feet than on the ground. Yes. But yeah. he has the wrestling pedigree, too. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, uh, the way they train them in Mordor is really different. So so to see the untouchable go against the one that has touched is going to be a real good matchup. Yeah, and I mean, but before we move on from from Marvin Vittori, I mean, like, I heard he was even doing some cross training. Like, he left Mordor and actually went to Moy t uh, to, to Thailand after that that big loss. That. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. One thing that actually like really stood out to me was I don't know if you caught this on the commentary, but Michael Bisping actually noted that after his loss to uh, Bobby Knuckles, he said he ran into him backstage, and he said Marvin Vittori completely like put his ego on the table walked up to Michael Bisping and was just devastated. And he's like, you know, you've like you're you've been a champion. You've been through tough losses. He's like, this is my first time this has ever happened to me. He was better than me tonight everywhere. I don't know what to do. Like he was just he felt defeated. He'd never mm -hmm. felt like somebody like like even when he lost to Adesanya, it was a close fight. Mm -hmm. But Robert Whitaker was just like he had his number everywhere. Mm -hmm. So for a fighter to feel that way, you have to make a change. And he did. He literally like he he left Italy he left his original training camps that he's been at he went to Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand did did part of his camp there like and it showed mm -hmm. he threw more kicks in the first round than he probably thrown in his entire UFC career up until yes. then mm -hmm. and I'm not mad at it those body kicks were nasty those leg kicks were nasty he looked great so was very very happy to see it and again I think he would be a horrible matchup for Alex Pereira because he wouldn't have the the background the emotion, the history going into the fight. It would just be literally Brazil versus Mordor. And I mean, they're tough in Brazil, but they're orcs in Mordor. Um, so before I hammer that joke into the ground completely, we will go ahead and move on to the next fight. Um, <laughs> what uh, what was another fight? I know one fight that you mentioned whenever we first started here was the newly named Veronica Hardy. Yeah, Dude, like what happened? Sh what there? happened to her? I don't know. Let's look at the stats. The stats over here are already on one sided. It's kind of ridiculous it, over here. It was bad. Yeah. So you. Have I and wholeheartedly, like full disclosure, I put Juliana Killer Miller on my DraftKings, mm -hmm. and I didn't have her on my DraftKings up until the morning of the fights. I literally <laughs> took off Mohamed Makayev and put her on, and boy, was that stupid. <laughs> what was the inkling there? What sold you? What was what was the game changer? The combo breaker? I'm I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I uh I had a dream the night before the fights that Muhammad Mikhaev got flash KO'd in the third round. Um that did not happen. He instead got his knees bent backwards. Um and still somehow won. What a freaking stud. But we'll get into that in a minute. So Veronica Hardy, she she looked like an entirely new fighter. Typically that's not what you see when you see a fighter take three years off. You don't see him come back. And uh, I mean, like, insignificant strikes outland their opponent two to one, who was a, uh, I believe, a plus 500 Vegas 
or uh, minus 500 Vegas uh, odds to win. So what's next? What's next for Veronica Hardy? I mean, to have that level of entertainment and to have that level of knowledge that she displayed, I mean, you have 62 strikes, like you said, two to one, four takedowns, the level changes, the kind of utilization that she did around the area that she was working with. I mean, it's a whole new fighter. So if you look at it, I would love to see her run it back with uh, Bea just because that was already a sound fight. Bea outworking her uh, round to round. It went the full distance, but she definitely got outperformed on the striking game. So just to have Veronica Hardy's utilization come back and to have this storyline could really catapult her into the next level. I definitely think you're right. Um, if if Maleki is still in the UFC, which she hasn't fought in some time to my knowledge, um, bad news Barbie. Yeah, her last fight was actually a loss. So, I mean, why wouldn't she want to run that back? You got one coming off of, uh, her first win in a while. You got one coming off her first loss ever uh, to Josiane Nunez. That's a fun fight, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bay Malecki. So. Oh man, that height is wild for Bay Malecki though. Like she's so fucking tall, dude. Yeah, that's <laughs> why. Like it's it's like people easily forget, even though it was two years ago since her last fight, Malecki just has this presence that is known. I mean, it's not out the gate, it's not super aggressive, but it's definitely another character you could add in the mix just so you could see the kind of game that Veronica Hardy will be bringing into it. I mean, yeah, it's been a couple of years, but you said that they don't really see a significant change in their game plan, but just to run it back, have this promo of bad blood, this history to run it back again for these fighters to come up, like that momentum has been riding, if anything else. These, these narratives on having the best of three is riding out more than the up-and-comer versus the veteran. I mean, obviously, you're going to have those fillers for the main event, for the main card. But just to see best of three, that's what the fans want. That's what the matchmakers need to see. Just so, one, they could give the fighters a chance to come back and prove themselves that, yeah, I got knocked down, but I'm coming back even harder. I mean, look at Veronica Hardy, for that matter. So for Maleki to come back and have that statement, it could get another fighter back into the game, and the matchmaking could continue to happen as so. Absolutely. And I mean, come on, ladies and gentlemen, who doesn't love a good David versus Goliath fight? Thank you. There's an eight inch reach or an eight inch height difference there. Like it literally, I remember the first fight. It literally looked like they didn't belong in the same weight class, but Bayam Alecki just cut so much weight to make that weight class being 5'11". Mm-hmm. She's got to be one of the tallest girls in the, in the division. So it's like running again, a video game, man. Like, it is. It is. See that. She's like a creative fighter. Like she's yes. so fucking tall. Hundred <laughs> percent. I love it. Um, I'm here for it, man. I'd, I'd, uh, yeah. I think that that would be a really, really fun fight. Um, yeah, little Venezuela versus Stockholm, Sweden action. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. But, but in regards to the current events, I mean, obviously that won't be the type. That's just me reaching there. That's that's my wild card to say. So, Veronica Hart to have this kind of performance. Who do you see slotted up against? I mean, that's the thing. The The women's flyweight division is really, really an open division. Um, so the, the toughest thing about the fact that she came out there and, and, and she did it not only like to the this winner of Ultimate Fighters last season, which provides a lot of recency bias, right? Uh, and this sport is one of the best and worst about recency bias. If you, it's not what have you done for me, it's what have you done for me lately. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So. I really thought that Juliana Killer Miller was going to come out there and do what her nickname says and kill her. Uh, and, and she didn't. She came out there and she got absolutely obliterated. It looked like the submission attempts were like there was a Veronica Hardy was a step ahead of her right. every step of the way. And she even said it in the post fight presser that having Dan Hardy in her corner feels like a cheat code in a video mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. because he's so smart 
and and well-versed in everything mixed martial arts. So he's coaching her through all these positions. That being said, and, and the division being what it is, as far as being wide open, I wouldn't be mad at seeing her break a, a top 15. I don't want to see her get a top 10 by any means, but I wouldn't be mad at all uh, in seeing her face a Cynthia Calvillo, uh, Tracy Cortez, or even the loser of uh, Macy Barber versus Andrea Lee. Because I think the loser of Andrea Lee versus Macy Barber is going to be right on their way out the top 15. And after a performance like that, it's not crazy to say that Veronica could be on her way right into the top 15. I agree. I agree. Seeing Cynthia Cavillo standing at the top, Macy Barber, Tracy Cortez, and Casey O'Neill. But I mean, I won't get out of out of order here. I won't get out of order here before we got. Oh, that, man. So. Casey O'Neill. That was a tough performance. We can just go ahead and move in. We'll, we'll be gentlemen. We'll do ladies first here. We'll do ladies first. We'll do ladies first. I like Oh, that. man. That fight was heartbreaking. I was so excited to see Casey O'Neill come back. Um, and she, I mean, she said it herself. She had a bad night. She didn't, she didn't, like, she didn't do what she knew she was capable of doing. And I'll be completely honest. This is another time where I was saying this to Mary last night. Like, the, the best thing about this sport and the thing that differentiates it from other sports, for me specifically, like, from your NFL, from your NBA, from your MLB, is those guys are playing another team every week. Mm-hmm. so you're basically like if the saints suck on on the, the first second and third sunday of the season the saints are probably going to have a shit season they're gonna suck that's just how the game works you're not going to see a different team eight games in than you did three games in that's just not how it works but in fighting you will see a different person come in six months later one year later three years later mm-hmm. jennifer maya looked like a completely different person that was not, I've never, like, I want to know who figured out cloning and what they did with the original Jennifer Maya, because that wasn't her, dude. That was a boxer. That was someone who looked That was a boxer. Loose. Oh, my goodness. That, it was resonating as she was, like, trying to size her up, level change, shoot. I, I was also impressed as well. Like, it's funny, because when you watch the fight, it felt like, legitimately, as a Casey O'Neill fan, I felt like it was one-way traffic. Mm-hmm. all day and then you look at the stats and you're like oh i mean there was only like 20 ish strike difference yeah 15 strike difference eight it, actually dude it did not feel that way mm-hmm. it felt like there was a hundred strike difference because yeah. every time casey would land one jennifer would literally just pepper her up bop, 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 bop. and it was so quick and crispy the entries like in and out again that version of jennifer maya i think is a problem I know, and, and you, you want to root for the athlete to come back. I mean, Casey O'Neill coming back from a torn ACL, that journey in itself for an athlete is its worst nightmare. But she's, you know, living the dream, as we call the 9-to-5ers every day. So she's living the dream. She's <laughs> in the octagon. She's doing her thing. But like you said, in regards to the football analogy and the comparison, like yeah, you, you, you come back, and it's not too different, especially someone coming off injury. Every athlete coming off injury isn't going to come back and get better. They're going to implement a new game plan. Like with what they were but working see, before is not That's there. what's crazy about Casey is like her coaches and everything were saying that coming back from the ACL, they said that apparently she had been having issues with it beforehand. And then after she got her ACL like completely repaired, etc., they said she was hitting stronger. She was like sitting down on her punches more, etc. So again, to the tune of what you're saying, like typically athletes don't come back. They don't like if they do, it's like a change of game plan which is what we saw, mm-hmm. and it didn't go well for her, right. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a new game plan. Everything looked great on paper. Everything looked great in training camp. It was good. No issues there. But when it comes to game time, lights may be too bright. 
feelings may come back. And I, I did see a level of comfortability between the two, and obviously Maya had that upper hand. Like, she just looked comfortable. It was like a home court advantage, so to speak. Like, where did that come from? Like, have she been practicing at O2 for how long now? Is she <laughs> in that area? Like, she had all these elements with her, and it was not the Maya that we're used to. <laughs> no, I feel like even like maybe maybe the game plan that Casey O'Neill had trained with her with her camp would have worked on mm -hmm. the the Jennifer Maya we're used to, but. Jennifer Maya just walked in there and was like, eh, I, got, I got something for you. Right. She did the good old usher like, watch this. They <laughs> <laughs> came in and they made, made you look, dog. Uh, <laughs> it was oh, the trickery there was great. Um, I love how it went the full distance because you could see the cardio and conditioning that both of uh, these athletes definitely put in. They definitely, yeah, they were catching breath. They were, they were deep, but they were slugging. They were exchanging. Like you said, high volume still met, but Casey was consistent. Although Maya returned with such high volume. Only an eight strike difference there. So even though we saw I still a lot can't believe action, that. I know. I need to rewatch that fight. <laughs> we saw a lot more action. Yeah, and if you rewatch the fight, like you see these strikes, and they're not as doesn't leave quite the impact as it did with Maya. There was a lot more oohs and ahs from Maya's exchanges rather than Casey O'Neill's initiatives. Yeah. Um, that being said, I mean that's a big win for for Jennifer Maya. Arguably one of the bigger wins of her career. Um, who do you think she deserves next? Cause she's already ranked and I mean, she's, it's not like she's a scrub. Like she's not new to this division. She's been here for quite some time. She's ranked number eight right now. Um, you gotta think that, I mean, not a title shot, but it's got to bounce her almost into contendership, right? Definitely contendership. Um, I have a vision for Maya and I would love to see her against Aaron Blanchfield. And Blanchfield is already slotted, unfortunately. So their storylines are happening at two different tiers at the moment. So, however, that's a road to cross after a few checkpoints need to be made. The checkpoints being Maya to go through Talia Santos and Blanchfield taking on Alexa Grasso. Um, if Maya were to go through Santos, we get to run 2020 back with Valentina Maya. And that's the Maya we're used to. Valentina wasn't able to shine as much as she was in 2020 against Maya. I mean, it's, it's, it's very hard to look good against Jennifer Maya. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's it's even harder to look good against Valentina Shevchenko. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so, I mean, if if Jennifer Maya were to go out there, and and that's what I wrote down on my paper, too, is Tyler Santos. I think Tyler Santos versus Jennifer Maya is the fight that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, and if she were to go out there and get uh, an impressive win, like she did over over the, you know this last weekend in her fight against Casey O'Neill, King Casey, dude, you have to run it back with Shevchenko. Shevchenko is probably not going to get an instant title match. She's probably going to like work her way up a little bit, refresh the reins. Uh, I'm here for it. I think if if they run that back, that'd be a really fun fight. And again, like if you look at Jennifer Maya's history, she's only really had three big losses in her career, right? Mm -hmm. Caitlin Chukagian times two. Um, or sorry, she's only lost to like three big women in her career. Caitlin Chukagian times two, Valentina Shevchenko, which again, incredibly hard to, to win against her. And she's one of the few people that actually went to decision against Valentina Shevchenko. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, uh, Manon Fior, who is possibly, probably the future of the division. So that's that's not really that much of a, a red mark on her record, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I think Tyler Santos, 
versus Jennifer Maya is the fight to make. And then the winner of that either fights for a title or fights Valentina Shevchenko for a title contender fight. Mm-hmm. More than likely, I see the contendership coming out with Shevchenko um, just because I don't think she's going anywhere anytime soon. She's definitely going to want to hold that as long as she can. Um, love to see either way to pan out just because the growth of Maya and Santos is already a clash in itself. And I mean, Grasso, I think I think if Grasso and, and Shevchenko fight again, Grasso had her number. She was piecing her up on the feet. So I don't think it's smart for Shevchenko to take an instant rematch with Grasso either. So I think she should mm-hmm. kind of wait off to the sides, wait to see what's next for Jennifer Maya. Um, and if she feels confident that she gets another uh, kind of dominant win over Jennifer Maya, maybe take that fight as her, as her tune-up fight mm-hmm. to bounce her right back into a title shot against Alexa Grasso. Um, yeah, love that. Um, moving into the men, some of the men here, Gunnar Nelson, my God, he blew the kind of okay parlay apart. Mm-hmm. Um, he came in, Gunny's a blazing, and he got it done. What a fucking guy, dude. He, guy. He's got the 70s porn stash, the bald head, came out there, and, and I, I literally told Mary as he was walking up, she, she was saying, like, this guy looks familiar, and I was like, yeah, he used to train with Conor McGregor, we've seen him fight quite a few times, um, and, uh, you know, she knows Gunnar Nelson, but she's just like, like, she could tell that, like, she recognizes him for other reasons, too, right, like, and then you see him in the in the octagon, and he's doing that, like, karate-style wide stance, bouncing back and forth, very reminiscent of a featherweight Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like since he's utilized that wide stance, he's done significantly better in his career. I think if he hadn't decided to have fun and wrestle with the mountain from Game of Thrones, he probably would be a top five uh, ranked fighter already right now in the division. Because stylistically, Gunnar Nelson is is not a great matchup for a lot of these welterweights. Like, let's just be completely honest here. Um I think Kamzat Shamayev would probably get submitted by him. Mm-hmm. Realistically, like Kamzat would rush a takedown and Gunny would probably sub him from the bottom. Um, yeah, I, I think the the next fight for him isn't necessarily a super obvious one. He is just kind of getting back into the top 15 area or kind of like stomping grounds. I say we give him somebody that's on the outskirts or on their way down the list. I say we give him a Jorge Masvidal or a Michelle Pajera. Mm-hmm. Like the guy that tries to do backflips and shit. I think he backflips into a flying heel hook or something, bro. Like <laughs> going back to video game matchups, like yeah, Gunnar Nelson. I call him Gun Jack, not necessarily because of his build from Tekken or or his stiffness, because that is nowhere near than what we saw in his last fight. But he's Gun Jack because if you imagine if Gun Jack were to be comfortable on the ground grappling that's what you get and then you look he's a machine paper yeah you look on paper of what he does rear naked choke rear naked choke guillotine choke another rear naked choke like this man is a spider an anaconda he will suffocate you i don't even know if we could even have an animal spirit tied to this man just because he will literally suffocate you so he has this kind of quicksand presence as soon as he has a grip on you and i don't disagree with you when it is to match up against in the words of ben stiller my assistant michelle because <laughs> i would love to have this tekken matchup because if you look at michelle he's doing um what's the word five win streak sorry he's on a five win streak with like three to four backflips in his box stat so you have your traditional brazilian uh, jiu-jitsu practitioner against a video game character specifically eddie gordo just because you have another brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner and modern day capoeira like 
run this fight. It'll be exciting, but the tide won't be a back and forth clash. No. I feel like it's definitely going to be one-sided and someone's going to have to claw their way out of the hole. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it would either be like Michelle Pajeda comes out firing out of the gates, those some crazy spinning back wheel kicks or something and rocks Gunny and then Gunny has to claw his way back and gets a sub from the bottom. Mm-hmm. Or he comes out, starts doing some crazy spinning shit, some crazy backflips, and then just eats a Spartan kick or a teep kick that launches him back into the cage, loses his balance, and then gets heel hooked or, or rear naked choked or anaconda or something. Yeah. I mean, the guy has 13 submissions to his name, which is just absurd. Um, yeah, just absolutely absurd. Mm-hmm. He's got arm bars. He's got neck cranks. He's got guillotines. He's got RNCs. Like you name it, he's he's probably done it. And the guy literally submitted the mountain, who holds the Guinness Book of World Records record for being the strongest man alive. So, yes, like, <laughs> that's how he wanna, broke a few ribs. Like he is the master lock of this division at the moment. So if anyone wants to take on the challenge, I believe Michelle is probably the first one up to be the one to break this lock. You imagine being brave enough to body triangle a guy that's like 150 pounds heavier than you. <laughs> Like, you gotta know that even if he tries to roll on you, it's gonna break something. Like a rib, a fucking leg, tear some, like, ligaments, some tendons. (laughs) I wish he didn't do that. I know. But my God, the videos, the videos are great. I've I've definitely watched the videos multiple times, and it's insane. He he literally submitted a guy that is, A, the strongest man on the planet right now, and B, has no business rolling with a guy as small as Connor Nelson in comparison to him. Nah, not at all. I think there was an article back in 2021 how Gunnar Nelson would keep up with GSP's grappling style, his camp, his his surroundings at the moment. Like They're saying this man could keep up, this young lad with only five short of the submissions when this article came out. He was like, oh, he's going to be a grappler. He's known for it. Um, work will let it tell otherwise. And then lo and behold, neck crate, arm bar, guillotine, rear naked choke. This man is pulling out all the bags and the tricks, and I can't wait to see what other submission he has to do in the next match. Absolutely. Um, all right, we're getting into the main event territory here, the co-main event territory here, the people's main event territory here. Justin Gagey versus Rafael Fazeev was an absolute banger. I don't think Rafael Fazeev lost any stock in his name. Um, I mean, the man was just an absolute beast out there. I stopped breathing multiple times throughout that fight (laughs) just holding my breath watching like oh my god is someone gonna go to sleep already like these shots are so loud i was getting tired just because when you're watching these exchanges you kind of i don't know if it's the same with you but i kind of sink in with their breathing patterns so yes or i'm like i'm like yeah (laughs) like i'm moving around like every time he'd throw that freaking like body kick i swear i I would cringe and just hunch over like oh Oh. Yeah, phantom <laughs> pains are so real just because it, once you see it you're just like oh i know what that is and then your memories start to kick in so dude <laughs> you're like i've been there maybe yeah. not as hard as that guy just kicked him but i've been there and it doesn't feel good <laughs> yeah and then as soon as first blood hit that was like yeah like you said the stocks like stocks just go up from there so you already had action you had entertainment you had the traditional exchanges of the two fighters it just made me more in shock actually more sad that gagey kind of left a statement of yeah, this is my last run. But I mean, we all want our fighters to last long. We will, But we, what a run it'll be, man. Yeah, like this this business is not a nice business. It's unfair and we've seen Gagey in the trenches. Like we had Homer Simpson take episode and episode to see his daily life of things and it's hard. It's rough. Yeah, he gives us a few smiles. Yeah, he gives us the oohs and ahs. But man, he's letting the people know like, yeah, this is it. This is going to be the run. 
it's it's honestly crazy. Like how many how many UFC fights has he put on? Like let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven UFC fights, and he's had at least eleven bonuses. Mm-hmm. Come on. Like if he wants to quit tomorrow, bro, I Yeah. I salute you. You've done your you've done your job, bro. Like what a stud. Mm-hmm. Uh and you've done your job like diligently. Like even the losses. Like his his Four losses in the UFC are Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Poirier, Khabib Nurmagomedov, and Charles Oliveira. Come Not on. Mad at that. <laughs> Come that, on. Though. Oh, I played the video game, but I lost to the bosses the first try. Like, you know what I'm on. saying? Like, yeah. no big deal. Um, everybody loses to those guys. So that being said, I think if we're talking about like what's on the table now, uh, there's a lot of food on the table for Justin Gaethje. A lot of different options and entrees he can choose to eat. Um that being said, I think the easiest option is Dustin Poirier. A good old rematch with Dustin Poirier. I think it won fight of the year whenever that fight happened. Uh, I know it won fight of the year when it happened last time. And I know it would end up winning fight of the year again if it happened again. Uh, so 2018 fight of the year with Dustin Poirier. 2023 fight of the year with Dustin Poirier. I'm not mad at it. That being said, if this is Justin Gaethje's last run, I don't think he beats Dustin Poirier. So I don't want to see that fight for Justin Gaethje's purpose mm-hmm. and, and his 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 soul um what i'd like to see instead if this is truly his last run for the title i'd like to see michael chandler be uh you know very michael chandlery and not shoot a single takedown attempt against conor mcgregor and probably get knocked out at 170 um and then conor mcgregor say you know what they're gonna give me a title shot no matter where i go so i'll go back down to 155 and and i'll go for the title there so i think conor gets a win and then he goes back down and they tell him, all right, you get one win at 155 and you're in a title. You're in a title shot. And that's Justin Gaethje versus Conor McGregor. I think it's a uh, it's a travesty that those two have never fought. Yes. And I think that'd be a fun fight for the fans, for the culture, for the UFC, for everybody. I think everybody wins in that fight. I think that's the last individual to kind of complete, not the Trinity, but the captains of this division for Gaethje to stand up against. Just because you've had the entertainment of the diamond, you the eagle. Now you're against what's funny. What up, that. Drew? St. Patty, just checking in. What's up, Drew? Uh, just checking in for McGregor against Justin. Like, I'm pretty sure that matchup has been simulated and played in every video game just because the two styles need to clash and they need to see it happen. Like you said, this is the people's fight. Homer Simpson versus Conor McGregor. Like, come on now. Conor McGregor. <laughs> what's up, Adam? Yo, what's up, Adam? Thanks for tuning in, everybody. But I, I, I see it as just that. It is weird that Drew showed up right as we started talking about Conor McGregor. Sorry. Like, <laughs> how the hell does that even happen? That's why we call him Mystic Drew, guys. I think <laughs> Drew's ear was either ringing. I mean, I'm having a little. I'm having a little rain here, so the rainbow must be on his other side. So he was like, you know what? Let me tune in. Let me talk about it a little bit. But I'm excited to see the the tough kind of roll out. Um, I think it was you that popped up the update that something went down, right? Before we go into yeah. the something went down. So there, the yeah, there was apparently a little bit of a scuffle. Um, some some egos got heated. Apparently it started off okay, and then things got very, very um, messy and aggressive. I don't know if it was like a fight, but uh, like a fight that broke out physically between the coaches and the fighters, but I'd imagine it's going to look something like uh, Chel Sonnen versus Wanderlei Silva. I can't let you get close. Hey. <laughs> um, obviously, like one of the best scenes of tough of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, bro, I don't know if you heard me, Drew. Drew, 
Bro, I don't know if you heard me, but I literally said that already, bro. I said Connor beats Chandler at 170 because Chandler's going to do the most Michael Chandler-y thing in the world and not shoot a single fucking takedown. And he's going to get knocked out. Um, I don't think he jumps the line and goes after Edwards, though. If I'm being completely honest, I think he ends up going for the lightweight belt because Edwards is very big compared to Connor McGregor. And I don't think that's a favorable matchup. I think Edwards, especially with the takedown ability now and the takedown defense that he has now, I don't know that Connor has anything for him. Um, unless Connor goes back in time six years and goes back to Karate Connor, I really don't think that that fight goes well for Connor at all. Such a fun time, Karate Connor. Dude, Karate Con- <laughs> Karate Stance Connor was like a legend. I hate Connor McGregor, but I would tell you when he when he fought like that, you bet your ass I was tuning in and I was excited to see what he was going to do. Hell yeah, my man was quoting Bruce Lee. I was like, yo, he is sound. He is water. He looks great. As soon as he said that, Aldo knockout started hitting. The highlight reel started happening. And then we see the villain arch start to develop a little bit more and more. We went from Karate Connor to Cocaine Connor real quick. Dude, yeah, man. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. God damn. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> Fuck your couch. <laughs> oh, but man. So, I, I would love to see Gagey kind of take on this path that you queued up for him just because this is what people want to see. But I mean, UFC is going to UFC. So... <laughs> Diamond it is. So so it's either going to be Diamond, uh, which would make sense, or since UFC is going to UFC, it could also be like a random, like uh, Armand Sarukian. I know. I know. <laughs> I, it's like, come on, Armand Sarukian. I mean, you have RDA right above him in the rankings right uh, now. So if they're going to reach that far for Gagey to come off this. Wait, have those two never fought? Who, RDA and I feel, Armand? RDA and Gagey? I don't They have never so. fought. See? So Shit. UFC is gonna end up UFCing it up, dude. They're gonna do that. That's not. I'm not mad at that fight though. <laughs> I'm not mad at that at all. Because RDA is like RDA five six years ago would just try and go out there and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu him. But now I feel like RDA like took a couple like Muay like Muay Thai and boxing classes, and his his boxing has looked very crispy lately, bro. I'm excited for RDA fights these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always been excited for his fights, but much more these days. <laughs> yeah, I mean the neck crank that he had from his last fight against Brian. Um, that was Barbarena. Yeah, they, yeah, against Barbarena. That's exactly like what we expect to see RDA. But I'm trying to see him get a standing knockout based on his striking game, like his repertoire. I don't know if he'll ever get a standing hard. knockout over Gaethje. That guy's face is made of vibranium. Yes. I'm pretty sure. That is true. But I would love to see the highlight reel get more of his striking, just because his game has grown so much. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think that'd be a, a very, very fun fight. Oh man, I hate that I actually like that fight. <laughs> throw, throw that in there, man. Shit. That's in the back of the mind. Gagey has a couple more in him. So now, all right, let's add another uh, player into the game. We have RDA, we have Gagey, or RDA, Diamond, and Connor. All right. And then if it does end up being RDA or Dustin, I think the winner of that fight has to get a uh, title shot. I mean, winner, winner of either, all three of those fights. Yeah. <laughs> Colby by decision. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, was, I didn't see the other message. I was like, what? <laughs> when Kobe? Kobe's gonna fight Conor McGregor? Sorry. Let's, let's see what we JJ have. JJ spoke caught me hell off guard. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, decision. well, yeah. I mean, Kobe would probably win that fight by decision Warriors if he fought Conor Warriors. McGregor. Or uh... <laughs> so, okay. Question to the chat: um, Who you got in Kobe versus Leon? Uh, oh, honestly, man. I if you asked me two days ago. I would have said Colby by decision, just like JJ Smoke, just like Drew Toledo. Uh, 
But my, my brothers, my brothers and sisters of the fight game, I'm here to tell you about it, okay? That man that fought Kamaru Usman last night, he beats the dude that we haven't heard from in a year that's been radio silent. And not only does he beat him, I think he beats him handily. Because Kamaru Usman broke that guy's jaw. What happens if that dude gets headshotted by Leon Edwards? I don't think it's going to be good, bro. Like The takedown defense that he showed last night against Kamaru Usman was insane. Arguably, granted, I will tell you until I'm blue in the face that I think Colby's a slightly better wrestler than Kamaru Usman. Mm -hmm. Um, Without looking up anything on Google, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think one of them was D1 and one of them was D3 whenever they were in their wrestling career or D2. And the one that was D1, if I'm not mistaken, was Colby Covington. Um, so again, Colby Covington is a is a better wrestler overall. And that's probably why Camaro didn't shoot a single takedown attempt against him whenever they fought. He wanted to keep it standing. So if they were to fight, would Leon get taken down? Probably. But the ability he showed to get back to his feet would literally make sure and ensure that the end of the fight ended up being exactly what Drew just typed into the chat. Headshot, headshot, headshot dead. dead. Headshot dead. <laughs> headshot dead. Headshot dead. I feel like Drew is trying to embody FPS Doug into Leon Edwards right now with a little bit of boom headshot. Just just a little bit like that. Whoa, J- hold on. JJ Smoke is coming in with, honestly, like he's he's really, really giving truth to the name Smoke here. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, Colby doesn't even need to take him down. I think he, he can marab Leon. So you think he can just cardio chaos machine him? You think he can just swarm forward with like, takedown attempts and and clinch fence work or are you saying that like oh man because like here's the thing we've seen marab win fights in a couple different ways we've seen him cardio machine people where he just like bullies them with takedowns that he doesn't even care if he keeps them down Mm -hmm. like his last fight or we've also seen him just push forward land strikes and get on top and do the the lay and pray uh and also just land like ground and pound Mm -hmm. so the real question, JJ Smoke, is okay, there we go. Relentless takedowns is what he thinks it's going to be. So, not even like landing takedowns, but just pummeling him, keeping him against the cage, not letting him breathe, and not letting him find his dis- his distance. Yeah. He might be onto something there. What do you think, Jalen? Just to be the disruptor that he naturally is. Yeah, that game plan does sound sound. I mean, Kobe Covington is known for that. And to validate your Google search that we did not attempt, uh, as a NCAA Division One All-American and two-time Pac-10 champion, Kobe Covington. Division Two wrestler competing at 174 pounds, Kamaru Usman, who earned All-American status three consecutive years on his way, but only stayed in Division Two compared to Kobe Covington's Division One. So, How did I remember that? <laughs> the game. The game speaks for itself. Like, you see Kobe Covington's game. Like, that's a D1 wrestler. Kamaru Usman. His, take, his takedown entries are just like... Honestly, it leaves and bounds better than Kamaru's. Kamaru is one of those guys that looks really, really good in wrestling, but oftentimes it's not due to technique. It's due more to the fact that he, he's a physical specimen. I think, and I mean, the, the back knee also kind of gives truth to it. He looks like he might be on the juice, uh, Marty Marty Juiceman, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Chaos Covington is right with those accusations, mm-hmm. but I, I digress. And I think we did see a comment from Jew here. Did he say... Uh... A knockout somewhere? I, I think I barely caught that. What was the comment there? So he said, uh, I agree with JJ. Colby didn't get his jaw broken until the fifth. Completely even fight before then. I, I got to say, I, I agree and disagree. I don't even think it was an even fight before then. I think uh, Kamara was losing that fight. I actually went back and rewatched that fight uh, about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And I scored 
three rounds for Colby. So, I mean, Kamaru really needed that stoppage, in my opinion. There was one of those rounds that was razor thin, but I did think Colby did just enough to win it. And, uh, I mean, that being said, in the rewatch, and that was my third time rewatching that fight at least, and I will tell you this, as as a Mark Goddard fanboy, he made mistakes refing that fight. There was a big time shot to the body that Usman faked to the nuts and got time to recover. Fight could have been different if he didn't get that time to recover. Mm-hmm. He also, I was it the the eye poke that he faked as well, and then he was like holding the wrong eye or whatever. Like there was a lot of inconsistencies in that fight with Usman. And again, kind of like Bisping said last night, I disagree with what Bisping said. When he said, like, he should be focusing more on the fight. Who cares if your opponent's cheating? You should be focusing on, you know, beating him up. If your opponent's cheating four times, you should be upset about that. You should definitely call foul. But we've seen Usman call foul when there's no foul. So it gets old. It's that's I could see why Bisping gave way to that commentary that he did last night. I don't think it was biased so much as it's like this guy cries wolf quite often. Um, and just, he should focus on fighting. Don't let your opponent do things. Beat the fuck out of him. Right. <clears throat> So, how do you, ultimately, how do you see that fight going? With Leon, Leon Edwards versus the Chaos Covington. Honestly, I like what the folks are saying. Like, ruthless aggression, just relentless takedowns. Uh, Usman Edwards' third should have been a draw. I'm not with that. I, I actually had it four to one if you don't take, if you don't take the point away. Mm-hmm. Um... No, let's let's go on Drew's comment. If it should have been a draw. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. In the chat, Hold what on. do you think? Did you score that fight last night for Leon Edwards, or did you score that fight last night for Kamaru Usman? And the way that you scored it, MMA. Um, I, you had it four to one? If they if they if you don't take away the point, if you don't deduct the point for the fence grab, mm-hmm. I had it four to one. Mm, okay, I'm I literally had that fight four to one. While uh Olin uh, brings up his points here. I would love to see how you scored it, Drew. JJ Smoke, give me give us your two cents as well, too. But you saw four to one. Don't count the fence grab. Um, how did the momentum kind of carry that uh, for your score? For my score, I mean, realistically, the momentum was the fact that the only dominance Usman showed in that entire fight was pressuring forward on octagon control. Mm-hmm. And octagon control, if we're talking about scoring a fight, he definitely did cheat four times, Drew. I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you don't take points away for those things, which they only took one point away in one round, then he won that fight at least three to two. I thought four to one rounds. So that being said, if you look at the strikes, if you look at everything that happened, it was 120 to 87 in significant strikes and it was 123 to 113 in total strikes all in favor of Leon Edwards. Also, you have a guy in Kamaru Usman who has one of the highest takedown accuracies in the UFC. And some of the best takedown defense in the UFC. That guy went four for 15 on takedowns. Mm-hmm. So I completely agree with JJ Smoke. One, two, four, and five were Leon's rounds. In round one, he controlled the pace, showed dominance, and made sure that Usman hurt whenever he was coming into distance and into range. In round two, Usman started to look a little bit better. His gas tank came back for him, and mm-hmm. he, he looked good. But again, the most dominant things he did in rounds two and four were octagon control, pushing forward, even if it meant eating punches, eating kicks. Every time he'd move forward, if he'd land one or two punches, he'd eat three or four. Mm -hmm. And the punches and kicks that he was eating, they were big, big shots. The thing is, when 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 you're watching a fight, if I punch you in the face one time and you go, and you kick me in the face, or you kick me in the, the body like five, six times, 
but I have a good poker face. If we have five buddies that are equally friends with both of us, they think that I'm winning the fight because I hit you in the face. Maybe your lips bleeding. I could see how people watching the fight think Kamaru won rounds because he was going to the head nonstop. Mm-hmm. Leon was doing work to the body, to the that legs. Mm-hmm. Bro, he put in work Not on the body. Not to the body, the legs, just the full scope of it. His takedown defense, totally different um, yeah. compared to his last bouts. I mean, he was definitely prepared. They came with the right game plan. Um, and just to see the rounds one and four, to your point, yeah, 42 or 28% to Kamaru Usman, but then you look at the tide turn, and then you have 88% of uh, landed, 75%, and those are all from Rocky. Like, you see the size. He took advantage of that distance. He took advantage of the game plan that Usman was taking in regards to utilizing the full octagon and pressing and having that poker face on there, but no. Rocky put in work, and he scored the points that he needed. 100%. Uh, and again, Drew Drew just said here, total strikes don't matter when you're going round by round. You win a round by 20, still one round. So, okay. Facts. I agree with you. I'm not going to argue with you. But let's go through the numbers, shall we? Round one, 20 to 12, Leon Edwards. Mm-hmm. Round two, 23 to 24. Oh, by the way, Leon Edwards is the one that landed one strike less, but he landed at an 88% accuracy clip of significant strikes compared to 48% of Kamaru Usman's. Come on. And Kamaru Usman got a takedown and only established 45 seconds of control time. Trash. So then you look at round three, okay? 24 to 17, Leon Edwards. They threw the same number of strikes. 75% clip to 53% clip. Round four, 25 to 14, 60% 60% accuracy to 37% accuracy. Let's go into round five, shall we? 28 to 20, 77% accuracy to 45% accuracy. That being said, there wasn't a single round that Kamaru had an answer for what Leon was bringing forth. Mm-hmm. I was being generous by giving the guy a round, guys. <laughs> I'm going to call a fucking spade a spade here and say Leon beat the brakes off of Kamaru Usman. And he made Kamaru Usman realistically look like he wasn't hungry in there last night. That wasn't the Kamaru Usman that beat him the first time. That wasn't the Kamaru Usman that almost beat him the second time. That was a Kamaru Usman who got knocked out and realistically needs to go back to a, go back to work, go back to the drawing board, and possibly go to a new training camp. Mm-hmm. I love Trevor Whitman to death, but maybe he's plateaued under the tutelage of, tra- of Trevor Whitman. Because mm-hmm. his takedowns haven't gotten any sharper. And Trevor Whitman is a great boxing coach, but... I mean, yeah, we saw Justin Gaethje shoot for his first takedown attempt in the UFC and his second takedown attempt in the UFC, and he got a takedown, and even he said, I finally got my takedown. Now you guys can shut the fuck up. Like, (laughs) that's not great. Like, that guy is a collegiate wrestler. Why is he not using that? This is your last title run? Use your double leg. It's great. (laughs) Kamaru Usman, like, if this is your last title run, I don't know. As, as biased as I am, I'm going to say it again on another episode. Maybe go to AKA, work on those takedowns. Let DC ragdoll you a little bit. Like, I guarantee you if he does that, he comes back and destroys Leon. He comes back and destroys a lot of people. Thank you, Eric. They were ugly attempts. Bro, I could forced, shoot man. a better... Dude, I could shoot a better blast double than he tried. I could shoot a better single leg than he tried. He had his head placement on the wrong side when he was trying for a single leg half the fucking time. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, as a fan of the game and as somebody who, like, I I really like Usman as a fighter, 
I think he's as entertaining as a, a cardboard box outside of the octagon and in interviews, but I love his fights. I think he's fantastic. But I mean, I agree. JJ, he shot way less in the rematch. Mm-hmm. And he also shot less efficiently. Mm-hmm. I think if he shoots, like if you're kind of like what JJ said earlier, right? About me robbing him. If you're going to shoot these sloppy half wing takedowns, you've got to shoot twice as many of them. 14 ain't going to cut it. You got to shoot 28 times. Keep shooting. Shoot or shoot, man. Shoot or shoot. And like uh, you were saying, that headshot, I feel like, may have rocked him just because he had that in the back of his mind. Like, okay, my primary game plan didn't happen. I did get clipped once. But to have his natural game get disrupted by this thought of, oh, shit, the headshot's coming in, that's what forced those forced takedowns. Those weren't comfortable takedowns. They weren't efficient. They weren't strategic. They weren't calculated. These were just obviously reactive of, oh, shit, I don't want to get hit, but I got to get in there anyway. So it took Usman to find some time to get into his groove, but, man, Leon was just riding that wave the whole fight through. 100% agree. I mean, and, and going back to what Drew just said here, like, Swarming the hand side where Usman was shooting was genius. No answer for it. I agree. There were two things that I thought Leon did really, really well in this fight that he he obviously learned and implemented in this fight versus in the previous fight. And that is doing the double up. So we call it baseball grip, right? You're mm-hmm. grabbing the, the one hand or wrist like a baseball bat. I don't care how strong you are. If I grab one of your hands with two of mine, I'm stronger than you in that position, bud. Mm-hmm. I'm going to beat you. And then... Once he did that, like he tried doing things like that in the in the first fight, I believe even, and in the second fight for sure. But it's one of those things where like, if I tell you the best move to make in tic-tac-toe to start a game, but I don't tell you anything else, you're probably going to lose nine out of 10 times if, if you don't know how to play tic-tac-toe, right? And that's what was happening in that the first two Kamaru Usman versus Leon Edwards fights is he would do the right thing first. He'd make the, the right first move. And then he kind of like in Conor McGregor versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. His coaches taught him how to defend the takedown, but they didn't tell him what to do after he defends the takedown. Mm-hmm. And the trend, he, then his opponent transitions into a different form of takedown. Yep. An it's ankle like we're pick. Here. We got it. Lock. And Head then lock. all of a sudden, yeah, oh. it's like, I did the right thing. We're, now what? Now what? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that was literally like, I've seen it happen in so many fights, but that's the best way to put it, right? Like he was doing the right thing first and then he'd freeze up and he's like, oh shit, what do I do? Mm-hmm. We even saw Dustin Poirier do it when he went against Khabib in Abu Dhabi. And I've never seen Poirier do that. He's fucking genius. He's like a two straight black belt, I think, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. So you see these guys do these things. And it's it, I don't care how good you are. Unless you've drilled it a thousand times and against the right opposition, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So realistically, when you see him doubling up that baseball grip, there's an obvious next step. But if you don't know it, you're oblivious to it. It's not obvious at all, Right. And then that guy can be like, okay, cool. He's got this one hand. Now all I have to do is take my other hand and lift this leg and he'll be off balance because he's leaning so far forward. This time around, the second Leon would double up on that head side, he'd grab it and then he'd circle out, kick off the cage, hip off the cage, shrimp away from him, right? And again, same thing when he'd get on top of him this time. Usman's ability to hold him down this time was not there. It was non-existent. Mm -hmm. And there was an absolute reason for that. And it's because Leon Edwards now knew the right things to do. He'd back walk, get his way up, work his way up to the cage. And then once he'd get there, boom, Mm -hmm. he's back up. And the second he's back up, just like Drew said, right? He's swarming the head side, grabbing that same hand, that same wrist with both hands, baseball grip, circling out, kicking off the cage. 
and then boom, typically making them pay for it too. On the exit, quick kick to the leg, cheeky kick to the body, quick little elbow on the inside slicing. Like, that was the best version of Leon Edwards we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Like, the, the way that he carried himself throughout the match and the way that he performed the stats on paper and in the octagon, yeah, that's a champion right there. 100%. Like, the fact that he went a 25-minute fight against somebody that we're saying was one fight away from being in the in the conversation of being the GOAT, even if it's just the GOAT of welterweight, but it's not. We, like, we were saying he's one or two fights away from being in the conversation of being the GOAT. Mm-hmm. And this guy just beat him twice. Yeah. And he landed at a 74% clip on significant strikes over this guy who was supposed to be able to go in and dominate him and wrestle fuck him. The teep kick was also genius. I agree, bro. That teep kick was nasty. And the way that he was looping that kick into the body, he was setting it up the same way I used to inspiring. Whenever I have somebody that's really, really good at like keeping their hands glued to their head, you just pepper the legs for like three to five minutes. Maybe a little more if they're if they're real, real tuned to it. But then after like five, six, seven, eight of those leg kicks, those body kicks, they start dropping their hands. Every time they see your leg twitch, they're like, ah, ah. And then that's when you catch them over the top. And he he hit him, but this time, again he he it was half guarded both times he hit him, and going back to one of the Drew's other messages here, DC kept saying it's hard to finish the takedown when the hands aren't clasped together, bro. There were two times where Kamaru clasped his hand together and still didn't get the takedown. Mm-hmm. That is incredible takedown defense from Leon Edwards. The fact that he was able to break the clasped hands and get like literally circle out, find his way to get out, absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, oh, dude, I literally, I, I tweeted that as soon as that happened, the handgun in Usman's face, because in the first fight, that's exactly what happened. Usman walked up to him, did the whole, like, mm-hmm. in his face and shit, and this time, he's all, bah, 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 bah. He's like, I'm gonna get you just like last time, bro. Keep going. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a beautiful performance top to bottom, other than the cheating. Um, definitely needs to work on those instincts, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I agree with Drew. Please don't give the title shot to game bread Masvidal. Um, he can actually win it. I would fucking hate that because he doesn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't deserve it at all. Yeah, I mean, so let, let's, 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 let's talk let's about play that. Out. Yeah, let's play it. Let's play it yeah, out. Let's play out that. that. All right. So we had Dana let's, White. Let's go, Asso. Who do you think is next? <laughs> I mean, when Dana White announced it's going to be Kobe Covington, that's, that's pretty much it. Okay, that makes sense. Great. Cool. But um, I'm not going to lie. 2019 was a very exciting year. And I want to see the beef that happened at O2 Arena with Jorge and Leon in a promo. I really want to see that. That three-piece Three piece with a soda. It still echoes till this day. So I would love to see Jorge t- to go against you, Drew. I don't mean to step on your toes here. But that would be, you know, a UFC's kind of dream. You have this bad blood. You have, you know, the a la Conor McGregor buildup of the outside beef going against the octagon kind of thing. Like, that's your ideal promo. But ideally, Ole, I think you brought this up earlier, like... Or actually, in the last fights, you spoke very highly of Bilal. You really did. <sighs> Big fan. Mm-hmm. What can I say? It's hard, he's, he's hard to forget when you remember the name. You know, um, Bilal Muhammad has done every single thing a man can possibly do to deserve a title shot in the division. Um, he has beat a who's who. And even when faced with, hey, you know, we, we know that you've beaten a who's who. You know, you beat Steven Thompson. You beat Vicente Luque after no one thought you were going to beat Vicente Luque. Uh, and, oh, and you beat Damian Maya and, you know, all these other guys. Oh, we're going to feed you an undefeated up and comer in Sean Brady. And what does he do? He says, oh, you guys think I'm boring? Let me knock this up and comer out who's never been beaten. 
Let me finish him with my hands. Mm -hmm. So personally, I think he should change his name to uh, Bilal. Remember the hands, Muhammad. Uh, Dude, like those hands are ready to eat for everyone. Anyone can get it. And I think it should be Leon. They did already have one fight, but I don't know if you remember that fight ended in a no contest accidental eye poke 18 seconds into round two. Uh, So I just I realistically think that that's the fight to make. But we, like you said, we already know it's going to be Kobe Covington, uh, even though it shouldn't be. And now they're saying that Bilal Muhammad is going to fight Hamzat Shemaev at 170. And that's going to be the title contender fight. Again, I don't agree with that. Why are you giving a title contender shot to a man who missed weight by nine pounds in his last outing? Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, how do you see it? Who do you who do you think realistically? We know it's Kobe Covington, but who do you think deserves the shot? Who deserves it, who deserves to be on standby, is my position agreeing with you. It should be Bilal Muhammad. I mean, currently on a four-win streak after the no contest. And guess what? Before that, he was already on a four-win streak. So give the man his shot. Let him be the next man up. Because oh, apologies. Win. You're right. It was Bilal versus Shavkat, which still doesn't oh. make sense. I don't I don't think that they should feed Bilal the Shavkat. Fuck. No, I don't think so. I mean, they're, I don't know why they're gatekeeping Bilal to be the new gatekeeper at this point. He deserves to be up here in conversation into this new narrative because the Jorge, the Leon, the Covington, like, I think we've heard this for many years now. So we're going to run it again, and I get it. They need to settle it, whatever it is, cool. But you have all these other guys bringing something to the table that these three fighters don't have. Hundred percent. Like he, he has a he has a who's who resume. Um, dude, I agree. I agree, JJ. I fuck with Bilal. I love Bilal. Yo, JJ, give him the smoke, baby. God, dude. Like I, I love it. I love it, dude. But Bilal can be the best gatekeeper of all time, and I think that Bilal could be the man to hand Shaf got his first loss. Mm-hmm. Like, let's talk about the fact that Bilal was not supposed to beat Vicente Luque and he did it pretty handily across five rounds. He beat him across 25 minutes and then nobody bet on Sean Brady except maybe myself on DraftKings uh, or sorry, nobody bet on Bilal going against Sean Brady mm-hmm. and I did. I I, mean, I didn't think he was going to get the knockout but I thought he was going to rack up some fucking points from takedowns and control mm-hmm. time. Um, and he went out there and he got the knockout. I think realistically like Bilal nowadays, Bilal back in the day was already good. Again, like he was beating the Tim Means of the world back in 2017. Um, yeah, I mean, Curtis Melinda entered the UFC and was supposed to be like a big deal, and he destroyed him in a decision. Mm-hmm. Like people forget him because he's a, he's he's a decision guy, right? Um, I don't know if you remember that guy that like was it Lyman Good that came in and was like a freaking just tank looking guy. He looked like an animated character, and Bilal Muhammad goes in there and literally looks like a wish.com fighter and beats the hell out of him. Um, seriously, dude, like this guy, like, hold on, let me share my screen. Let me, let me show you this guy right now. Cause he's insane looking. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when they announced this fight and I was like, that's not fair. This guy's fighting Bilal. And Bilal just absolutely handled this man. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even remember if this guy still fights or not now, but Bilal sent him packing. So again, every time I think Bilal should be counted out, he makes me wish I bet on him. So I will probably bet on him. Um again, like Bilal's gym change was genius. Mm-hmm. Did what Kevin Lee couldn't blossom into with TriStar. Completely agree. Wow, yeah. Um and again, like I think that he 
can beat Shavkat. Um, they're very different fighters, but they're also very similar fighters, right? Like Shavkat is a wrestler by nature, but he also has good hands. I would have told you that he has better hands than Bilal mm -hmm. if I hadn't saw Bilal's last fight. Now I don't know. Like yeah. realistically, Bilal could probably knock him out. Um, and his best two wins, uh, him being Shavkat, are over Jeff Neal and Neil Magny. I mean, realistically, I think having wins over Sean Brady, Vicente Luque, and Steven Thompson are a little bit better than that as far as strength of strength of schedule, strength of resume. Mm -hmm. But again, we all know MMA math doesn't necessarily work. Right. So I am excited to see that fight. Mm -hmm. Do you? Who do you think wins that one? Shafkat or Bilal? I feel that Bilal has momentum to write it. It's just Shafkat is also in the untouchable bid. Like, the resume speaks for itself. You have notable wins against Jeff Neal and Neil Magny. But then you look at the other two decisions before that. Not decisions, but how the results were made. You have knockout spinning hook kicking punches on carlston harris and then you have a submission rear naked choke and then before that you have another submission and another tko and another tko like this man can bring every fight is a finish for shafkat <laughs> yeah exactly he can finish and he can definitely bring it to the table um but the thing is how many more tests are you gonna give below how many more times that's what's not fair about it <laughs> right like he's done his test he's done his due yeah the whole eye poke thing kind of messed up the narrative for the top contenders at the time but Okay, he has four other wins, and now he has to go and wait for this championship bout of Edwards and Covington to kind of die out, and that's going to be, what, another year? Yeah. It's just too much time for a fighter like Bilal. It's too much. Like, uh, could you imagine being at a company for, what, like nine years, eight years, and some guy that just now joins the company in the same position that you started in eight years ago mm -hmm. joins the company a year and a half ago? And they're like, we kind of like this guy better. We're gonna give him. We're gonna give him the promotion instead of you. Right. That's what's happening here. Mm -hmm. So if they were to fight, yeah, I hope Bilal <laughs> gives him a three-piece combo. But at the same time, Shopcott has the ability to take that away from him. So this is a your up-and-coming. I hate to say vet at this time because Bilal hasn't been in the light that he deserves. But this may be the fight to happen to finally solidify the position that Bilal needs to be in. This is one of those uh, great vet versus rookie fights, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. That's a that's a really, really good one. That's a really, really good one. I do like that. But, I mean, we have to watch Leon and Kobe end up happening again. But and then you have Jorge Masvidal um, up and coming fight. To he's he's fighting Gilbert Melendez, right? Mm-hmm. He's fighting... Uh, he's fighting or, sorry, Gilbert Burns. Burns I said sorry. Gilbert Melendez. I heard fuck? Gilbert. Yeah, <laughs> I heard Gilbert, and I was like, yes, wait a minute, hold on. Gilbert um, Melendez is a fighter. He just doesn't fight anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was like, which UFC game you playing, dog? <laughs> he, had a great, he had a great memorable fight with Diego Sanchez, one of the best finishes <laughs> to round one and round three you'll ever see in a fight. You should definitely check that out. <laughs> yeah, the history, the history is just rolling, and then that log came up all of a sudden. But no, yeah, you definitely have Bernie and Jorge Masvidal, and Jorge, the businessman, actually you know he's been kind of quiet he's been kind of dark ever since the whole kobe kobe uh covington incident back then had that be that's why kobe went dark and with kobe being dark like what his game plan is going to bring for leon this t this time around we don't know yet man 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 and then next week we have ultimate bangers coming up man oh god mm -hmm. marlon chito vera versus Corey sanhagen we're finally getting that one like finally. that alone is, is worth watching a fight card 
Mm-hmm. And then before that, you got Nate, Nate the train landwear going against Austin Lingo, Andrea KGB Lee against Macy Barber, Alex Perez going against Manel Cop. You got one of the Anchukwani brothers, Chitty, going in against Albert Duraev. Oh man, yeah, there's a lot of good fights. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we got work to do to figure out the kind of okay parlay and some side bets for this one, guys, because uh, there's a lot to love here. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to love here. I am sad that that the uh, the original Nate Landwehr fight fell off. He was actually going to get a real test against Bruce Leroy, mm-hmm. Alex Caceres. But man, wait, what are you what are you talking about here, JJ? Next week's card is so bad. It's so free. Bad, well, JJ. Come on, she, come on. Cheeto that's not that's Sandman? not the smoke we're looking for. <laughs> what's bad about it? Please tell me what's bad. Like, I get that the it's weirdly layered. Like Holly Holm versus Yana Kunitskaya being co-main event, that doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, and I mean, we had two canceled fights: Liang Na versus Brogan Walker. Not really super huge upset uh, about that. And Alex Caceres versus Nate Landwehr. They did find a replacement for Nate Landwehr, so you know that's going to be a banger no matter what. But I mean, come on, man. The rest of this fight is pretty solid. I feel like the prelims don't have a ton of notoriety in the names, but those cards are probably going to deliver. Not a lot of like. You know, boring wrestling matches or anything like that for the casuals out there. Probably a lot of finishes in this fight card. And again, like even even the the ladies' fights, which I know some of you guys are not super into for whatever reason. Like Andrea KGB Lee and Macy Barber. Like I know Andrea Lee personally. We used to wait tables together back at Shogun Steakhouse in Bowser City. Let's go. Hey-o. And uh, you know, her and Macy Barber always go out there to put on a performance, put on a show. Even though half the time Macy Barber looks like she's shadow boxing with a ghost out there. Uh, should be a good fight. And you know that, like again, Nate Landwehr, Austin Lingo, Nate always comes out to finish people. I'm sorry, it's true, dude. She does look like she's fucking shadow boxing a ghost out there. She's like, ha, 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 ha. and she's like eight feet away from her opponent. I don't understand what Macy Barber's doing, wasting the cardio. Uh, but jokes must be made about it. And <laughs> for for our official fight breakdown card of that, I will. I'm literally gonna have to make a compilation clip of her just shadow boxing ghosts. Would love to see with funny that. music. Um, see that nice little bit. So of yeah. Oh, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Askren hitting the heavy bag? Like, Mm -hmm. that's what I imagine. That's what I imagine you saying, shadow boxing with the ghost. I was like, oh, there goes that clip again. Boxing Ben, here we go. (laughs) So JJ Smoke said they would have to pay me to watch it. Holmes is 40. Holmes is 40. She has no reason to be co main. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. She has no reason to be co main. Nate Nate the train should have stayed the co main. Nate the train should have stayed the co main. They're they're reaching Dr. Seuss, I will tell you that. I mean, they're both coming off two wins, one loss. Um, how many times do you have to lose before you change the nickname? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a fair point. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The real question is, Drew, what do you want her to change her nickname to? Right now, it's the future. Do you want her to change her nickname to the past or <laughs> or stay in present? Because I mean, they're around. They're just around now. I mean, oh, did we bring up Muhammad Mikhayev tapping yet? Jesus Christ. And yeah, I literally was thinking I'm going to speed up the Benny Hill music. Swear. Um, for the for the compilation. Dude. Muhammad Mikhaev and his knee basically breaking. And him not tapping. And then submitting another man. And not only submitting him, but then wobbling to his feet only to climb up the fucking cage to celebrate. Bro, you got one leg. Why are you climbing the cage? What's wrong with you? Like, Come on. Don't don't save yourself from breaking anything else in there. Great performance, but stupid performance in a way because I think it may end up taking years off his career. It possibly could could alter the the future of his career forever. I mean, like you've you've had you've torn your ACL, right? 
mm -hmm. ACL and meniscus, and just to have that go through and recover and try to come back the person that you were before injury already has that thought in your mind and kind of like holds you back a little bit even though yeah you come back stronger and you get to rewire like there's a silver lining to everything here but the risk that he took in regards to you know that cost benefit risk ratio you can look at it however you want that was a very risky decision and definitely cut the longevity of his career even though it was very impressive to get that neck crank out um oh there it is like a fight. I mean, a knee's not supposed to bend that way, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> nah, if you were to rotate this symbol, you definitely make your own Nike sign at this point. Like, it's not supposed to swoop. <sighs> is, that, is that confirmed? Is is it? Lig I mean, obviously ligament damage. But there's there's nothing confirmed yet uh, that I've okay. seen online. Um, I'm waiting for for any kind of articles to come out, but there's been nothing that's come out yet. But I don't know if you watched the post-fight presser, uh, his interview. He literally said, I was going to let him break the knee. Uh, every time he would pull and crank, I could hear and feel stuff uh, crackling. That's not disgusting, a, bro. Not a great feeling as a fighter in the round. But I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Bro, <laughs> what he said, I am flexible. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I almost spit out my fucking drink, bro. It was so like the the timing on it was so good. He said, "I am flexible, bro." Yeah, and if you weren't before, you are now. Probably in ways you didn't even realize. Definitely, it was with an action figure, and the action figure actually broke the wrong way and was like, "Oh, well, that's a new feature on my on my figure." <laughs> I didn't know he could do that. I could do that at all, dude. Honestly, like, yeah. Um. Mohamed Mikhaev is just, oh, man. Yeah, he's an absolute stud. He's an absolute beast. He literally said he was going to let him break it. Um, and, I mean, it, it's crazy. Like, you could tell that his opponent gassed himself out, gassed that arm out trying to pull it. And why wouldn't he, right? Like, if you're him, you're pulling on someone else's limb, bending it a way it shouldn't bend, and you hear and feel it crackling in between you, like in between your your hands, your legs. Mm-hmm. And you have to think like, okay, cool. I'm I'm literally breaking this man's bones. He's gonna quit. Mm -hmm. And then you end up getting choked out or cranked out. Like, it's funny because Makayev wasn't even under the chin when he won. He was literally. I told Mary as soon as he got his arm around him, I was like, he doesn't need to be under the chin. He's gonna just basically threaten to break this kid's neck. Mm -hmm. And he started spinning his fucking head around. So it's like he basically told him like, hey, my knee's pretty flexible. Let's see how flexible your neck is. Mm -hmm. Are you the Exorcist? Because if not, you're gonna tap. It's definitely one of those TikToks where it's like you're against a white belt and then you're against that brown belt or, you know, what other elite uh, practitioner in the gym. It's like, okay, good job. You broke it. That's what you're supposed to do. Let's go. And like, you know, he definitely yeah. went there. He saw the finish in his head. Feel, um, he saw the finish and then it's basically like, all right, I have this in the bag. But at the same time, it's like, oh, he survived it. Now what? So we're seeing, yeah. we definitely saw a lot of that in the car yesterday. Yeah, a lot of people empty in the bag and thinking that like it's gonna get it done, That's and then it. Yeah. when it doesn't get it done, you literally have that moment of, ah, crap. What now? <laughs> Never been here before. Yeah. Did, did they, this isn't how this was supposed to go. This isn't what my coaches told me was happening. <laughs> <laughs> like, because you know his coaches were like, "Yeah, his leg's breaking. Pull it, pull it." Mm -hmm. And then you're like, "Yeah, it's breaking. I can feel it cracking." Yep. And then he, he gets up. Still playing the game. Yeah, it's like uh the end credits just rolled, but there's another boss fight? What's happening? <laughs> this is a weird game. <laughs> um, 
So I, I agree with JJ Smoke here. So he said he wanted to see Mikhaev versus uh, Hadley because Had- Jake Hadley said he wanted to fight him after he obliterates his opponent. Mm-hmm. And he literally said, like, he went against Malcolm Gordon, took him three rounds to beat him. I'm going to beat him in one. He went out there and killed Malcolm Gordon, mm-hmm. uh, bullied him. And, and that's after Malcolm Gordon missed weight by 3.5 pounds, too. So he said he's not fighting down. I think that's a great idea because Mikhaev has ambitions to be a younger champion in the UFC than John Jones was. He only has about a year, year and a half left to do that. And that's not going to happen if he's fighting people that are making their UFC debuts. So yeah. next fight for him should definitely be someone that's ranked. I think he should get somebody that's actually highly ranked, if I'm being completely honest. And like, why wouldn't he? The guy is an absolute beast. He's already in the top 15 himself. He's number 12. Mm-hmm. I feel like he should, like, it, it's not crazy to say that he should get a, um, if we want to be like nice to him, maybe we give him like uh, the winner of, or the loser of Manel Cop versus Alex Perez. Mm. That way, it's like a kind of builder for him. If we want to like really throw him into the deep water, you know, Kai Car France has has been on kind of a skid recently, and I think Mateos Nicolau would probably be willing to take a, a fight down. Mm-hmm. Those are a number five and number three ranked people in that division, and I think that would be very very fun. Um, JJ thinks that Hadley would derail his hype train, and that Mikhaev is still mediocre at best. Given true meaning to the name Smoke. I, I gotta disagree. I don't think he's I don't think he's mediocre at best. I think he's an incredibly skilled kickboxer and wrestler mm-hmm. that is still, you know, kind of kind of kind of wet. You know, he's fresh. He's not he's not ready. He's uh he's young. He's very young. He's like twenty one. He's a child. Mm-hmm. He's literally a child. So that being said, slow burn him, slow roll him. I don't think that they should give him like super super crazy fighters. Like I said, give him ranked opponents though. He yeah. should be fighting ranked opponents. You shouldn't be fighting nobodies, not nobodies, but like people that are making their debut. It's just, it's, it's almost just a disservice to those people, right? I'm surprised you're going that high when you name dropped uh, Nicolau and Kaikar France. Well, I mean, he's already number 12. And if he, that's, I'm saying if he wants to become champion by the time he's like 22, 23, he has to get those. Yeah. Otherwise, maybe give him like Tim Elliott doesn't have a fight booked. That's I'm 11 saying, versus 12. He just got a dub. He just got a dub. His last fight, or not, not just got a dub, but his last fight was a dub ski, and hasn't had a fight scheduled in a while. So, so we both. Uh, I mean, I said Edwards on Edwards versus Covington. What did you say on that one? Edwards Esso? versus Covington. I also have Edwards against. Covington. We got Edwards. Edwards boys, let's go. Mm-hmm. Dana Ferguson. Thanks. Dana Ferguson. That's a that's a great name. Dana Ferguson. <laughs> Although I'm rooting for Kobe, I am. I, I always love to see a fighter bounce back even harder, stronger, just to give that you know um, adversity to the champion. I always root for that underdog. But at the same time, Leon Edwards has showcased something that we did not. I, I mean, I didn't expect to see that kind of defense, that kind of level from Leon Edwards yesterday against Usman. So I'm just excited of what he can do. Um, Kobe Covington, he needs to pull out a lot more tricks than what we've seen before, just like how Leon Edwards has grown to show his growth, development, and overall game from la- from yesterday's fight. Um, real quick, I have to address something that Drew said here. He said, Kai on a skid, his only losses in four years are against the champ. Fair. Um, but in the, at the same time, his, his only wins in four years are against Rogerio Bontorin, who hasn't looked great at all recently. Uh, he's actually lost four out of his last five, and the other one is a no contest. 
And the other one's over, to Co- over Cody Carbrandt, which I'm not going to drag him through the mud on this show because I'm a fan, but enough said. And the other one's against Askar Askarov, who looked phenomenal up until that fight, but then retired. So maybe he already had a foot out the door. We know that he uh, has health issues. He is also like one of the only deaf fighters that we've ever seen in there. Um, so again, uh, his his most notable wins aren't really that notable. Mm-hmm. Um Again, like before that, if you look back even further, we got Mark De La Rosa. That's pretty solid. Holly and Paiva got cut. Elias Garcia got cut. Zal Shi never made it to the UFC. So as a Kai Kara France fan, he's one of those guys that has basically had a very, very nicely managed path to the top five. Um, and he, he not only lost to the champ, he lost to the champ twice. So all Brandon's actually just all Brandon's. all Brandon's. Yeah. Brandon, anybody named Brandon just beats his ass. Brandon Moreno, Brandon Royvale, uh, any more Brandon's can get it. <laughs> Auckland. <laughs> oh, wait, Tim Elliott does have a fight. Who's Tim Elliott fighting? That's news to me. I did not know Tim Elliott had a fight. What the F? Yeah, let's, let's go into the books here. Oh, he's yeah. fighting Alan Nascimento that just got announced. You're right. That got announced like a few weeks ago, I think. At the Apex. Good old Apex. Everybody loves an Apex right, card. Right. See, oh, and yeah. again, Gym like third. Alan Nascimento. Like, is that guy even ranked? Mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. I don't think he's ranked. He's not ranked, is he? Mm-hmm. No, he's not. Also 31. Nope. So, so again, like they're giving Tim oh. Elliott, who's number 11, to an unranked guy. So why wouldn't you take number 12, who just had an impressive win, and give him like number 6 or number 7? Mind you, this unranked guy did beat Hadley by decision unanimously. That was back in May 14, 2022. Um, but glad to know that Tim Elliott does have a scheduled fight. So it looks like they're already pacing Tim Elliott to go a certain way. So, Olin, I think your prediction may be right that they will take a top contender to match up yeah. with him. I, again, I think I think the loser of that fight, uh, the loser of, what is it? Um, I think it's Alex Perez versus Manel Cop is the next one. I think the loser of that fight would be a really good test for Mohamed Bakayev, and they'll probably be hovering right around top 10 ranking territory. Mm-hmm. He beats the loser of that fight, and then maybe you pull both them into a Kai Kara France, or uh, if Alessandra Pantoja ends up getting like handily beaten up by Brandon Moreno, maybe you give him to Brandon Moreno. Or, uh, sorry, to uh, <laughs> you give him to... Just go, just go straight. Go straight to Moreno. <laughs> just, yeah, just, give, just give him a ten. Give him a title fight. Fuck it. Fuck Do it. I think he's ready. No, don't give him a title fight. I think he gets I think he gets a crab beat out of him. Um oh Bruno Silva versus Muhammad Makayev. I don't think Bruno Silva is ranked though. Oh, you know what? Just kidding. He literally just broke into the top 15 this week. He's 15. Really? So that'd be fighting down for Muhammad. Muhammad said he doesn't want to fight down anymore. So I don't know if he'd take that fight. 15 versus 12. Um, and the fact that Bruno just broke into the rankings, mm, be a hard sell for him. Yeah. I think it'd be a pretty tough sell. So I mean, yeah, there's so many good fights to make coming up. Um, we could we could go on all day here with you guys, but I don't want to take up your whole Sunday. You know, we got to save some of that for the Lord. And uh, I appreciate you for coming on here. Also, I look forward to having you on in the future. I hope to see you more often. And ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, fight fans of all ages, you can bet your ass we're going to lock in some pretty darn good posts uh, or at least some kind of OK uh, picks for the kind of OK parlay this week. Kind of OK. Not kinda perfect. Okay. Not the best, but you know, kind of okay. Kind of okay, okay parlay. And then we'll get spicy a little bit later. Then we'll get spicy a little bit later. Maybe throw some side bets in there for you people. Um, I know I'm going to be doing some side bets. I actually am excited about the card this week. So that being said, we're going to go ahead and call it a day, you guys. Again, appreciate you all for being here. 
Aso Akiro. Make sure you guys give him a follow. You want to give the, the shout out for the Twitters and all that stuff? Yes, yes, yes. Everything can be located uh, currently at j.brandon uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you will definitely see the post between MMA Anomaly and our you know, one leader captain right over here, Olin. So make sure you stay tuned, uh, comment, like, and subscribe down below. I think, I think you have it here or you have it here or you have it down here, wherever the button may be. Go ahead and click that, mash that, and we will see all of you folks next time. Thanks again for having me, Olin. I will definitely see you sometime in the near future right behind this screen. Let's go. Again, like, comment, subscribe, smash that bell for notifications, and we will see you all next time. Probably Wednesday, maybe Thursday. I don't know. Either way, we'll see you sometime this week with more picks and uh, more laughs. See you then, guys. Peace. Drew, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Woo! Let's go, guys.